What's the Takeaway podcast, hosted by Dr. Jackie Gilbert Grant, covers a variety of relevant topics with professional guests. This is the perfect show to learn from different views on national newsworthy topics. The show airs every Saturday at 11.30 a.m. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. This is Dr. Jackie Gilbert Grant here. Once again, we're back. We're back because we have been on a little short hiatus, but we're here now and I'm excited about being back with my first guest. Yes, this is What's the Takeaway podcast. And I am excited to be back with each and every one of you. And I'm hoping that you're going to be so enlightened and inspired on this morning. I am indeed happy to have the mayor of the city of Savannah, uh, a, a man of integrity and a man that I have grown to love and the person of Mayor Van Johnson. Good afternoon, good morning or good evening, wherever you are, Mayor Johnson, how are you? <laughs> I am doing well, Bishop. Thank you so much for the opportunity and I am so honored. Um, to be the guest after the hiatus. So we, we missed you, but we're glad that you're back. Yes, we're back and we're back in a big way. Hey, we're back in a big way. We have the mayor. So I, I'm back in a big way to uh, inspire and to inform not only the citizens of Savannah, but those that are around us, because I often think of some of the things that we do in Savannah uh, as a model for other cities. And so, um, we know that there are listeners from other cities that listen to us and perhaps they can go back to their communities and something that you have said will inspire them to make change or, or make a difference in their community. So tell us about something right quick about wh where you are right now, this very moment in the city of Savannah and, and the things that you all are doing. Well, again, I thank you for the opportunity. I, I agree that we live in a phenomenal city made up of phenomenal people. Um, and I'm reminded about the scripture that says, whose report you will believe. Um, and so uh, I, I believe that we're in a phenomenal city. We're in a city that's made up of, of great people that are doing great things. I think it does not still appear all the great things that are occurring in Savannah. We have people who have dreams are coming true. Uh, we have people who are moving from dependency to self-sufficiency. We have lives that are being changed. We have families that are being reunited. Um, and unfortunately, um, around our city, you know, as most people, people like to accentuate the bad things, the negative things that are going on. And so the good stories often um, get, get lost in the midst of everything else that's going on. So um, I am honored to be the mayor of the city of Savannah at this time. There is growth occurring everywhere. Uh, this is a place of opportunity uh, for those that are willing to work and willing to sacrifice and willing to make their dreams come true. And um, I'm just hoping that I'm able to continue to uh, help facilitate and convene and make those things happen. Great, great. I, I, I want to start out by saying I think you're doing an amazing job here in the city of Savannah. And I, I want people to understand, so at least as I have come into the knowledge of, that the mayor is 
just one person. It takes all of us to make this community what it is. Uh, we are grateful that he is at the helm of it, but he's only one person. And I, I always look at that when um, we speak of the mayor and more specifically you, is sometimes the things that we are wanting and the things that we desire for our communities and cities, it takes time to get those things done. And I think the more that we as citizens understand that, that I think it will make for a healthy community. Right now, I, I, I would like to say that if I had to evaluate Savannah, I wouldn't say that we are totally healthy. I don't think no no city is, to be honest, not in these days and times with, you know, the crime rates. Uh, I was watching TV on yesterday and the crime rate in these the various cities and how it just escalates. And it seems as though, uh, Mr. Mayor, it is all over. It's all over. Um, I'm trying to think as a, 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 spirit, a, a pastor, what spirit is rampant in the United States? You know, we judge it by spirits. But I want to hear what you have to say about crime. Sure. Well, um, crime is a function of people. And I have learned um, throughout this time that it is spiritual. Um, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Yet we're trying to fight it in a flesh and blood way. Uh, and that's, I think, where some of our issues is, is that, you know, we are not, we're, we're using weapons that are not fit for the battle. Exactly. You know, we're bringing uh, water guns to a firefight. Um, we are seriously undermanned um, in this. And then, you know, to be very honest, I, I've said from the very beginning, and people don't necessarily like it, um, I'm the mayor of the city of Savannah. I cannot make everything right that's wrong with your life. Mm -hmm. um, I can't, um, you know, make all of a sudden your family like each other. I can't necessarily put more money in your pocket. Um, my goal is to be able to love on you and do what I can to create avenues of opportunity to you. Uh, to that end, I can't stop uh, people from doing crime. However, we can create pathways as we've had for individuals who don't want to do crime anymore. Um, you know, we need to be able to have uh, a situation where um, people's lives are dramatically transformed. Um, you have to change hearts. Um, unless you change hearts, you'll never change your minds. Um, I've seen hearts that have been transformed. I've seen lives that have been changed because hearts have been transformed. Um, I, I've seen communities reinvigorated because they decided as a community that crime was unacceptable in their communities. Um, when I used to come down here in the summers from New York, we didn't need the police riding through uh, Carver Village because we had neighborhood watch on Carver Village. Uh, my grandmother and all her friends up and down the street, um, if something didn't look right, they were calling each other. And they felt it was their responsibility to come out there and tell me, and I was none of their chick nor child, but yet they felt it their obligation to get me in the right way. Uh, and if that meant disciplining me or swinging at me, they did it. And by the time they got to my grandmother's house and the phone calls got to her, you know, she dealt with the rest of what was left. Um, you know, we have to not be passive um, observers in the things that are happening in our community. 
Uh, we cannot be pitiful and powerful at the same time. Um, we have to reclaim that which we have, reclaim the authority which we've been invested uh, to be able to take back our communities and say, this will not happen here. Um, as long as we sit back and wait for government to do it for us, it's not going to work. We know that um, more police officers, it doesn't work. We know that. Um, you know, growing up, Bishop, everything I learned to do now, I learned in church. Yeah. Everything. I mean, and the thing was, is that church provided programs and opportunities for even people who were not members of the church, but were members of the community. And so the more eyes that were on me, I mean, my parents, I have wonderful parents, but they couldn't keep their eyes on me all the time. Mm -hmm. I was in Boy Scouts, I was in karate, I was doing this, I was doing that. And so we have to really embrace a whole community concept of making sure that every child um, is included and that they're all engaged. And so um, crime is a function of people. As long as we have people, we'll have some sort of crime, but crime does not have to be our narrative. I, I, I so agree with you. I, I think that what happens now, and uh, I, they're probably going to get me for saying this. Don't say it then, Bishop. Don't, Bishop, don't, Bishop. Well, you know me. I, I'll say it. <laughs> Listen, I think that what has happened, too, is that we've allowed or we want the school system to raise our children and, and everybody else to do the job that we as parents want to do. And one of the things is, and I've seen it, I've, I've worked in the school system, I've volunteered in schools and things like that. And I've seen it that sometimes we would send our children to school, the parent comes in and she's, she's raising all kind of cane because of what the teacher didn't do as far as discipline. And that's something she should have done while she was home. How do we do, and you, I know you don't have a miracle to hear, but how do we get parents to see that, especially these younger parents? Um, and I, I have to admit that I, I'm, I'm from the old school, so I understand what you're talking about, how it took the whole community, how it took the whole village to raise us. And um, they didn't spare the rod. And it could be anybody's child. They would grab you up and they would do certain things. Now you cannot put your hand on other people's children because they want to raise holy hell. And I say holy hell simply because uh, they're in church, but they still raise hell, you know? So that's holy hell. Okay, so how do we, younger parents uh, allowing other older parents to discipline their children. I think that's part of our problem. Well, it is. Um, and you know, that, that is a challenge for us, is that, mm -hmm. well, that we have gotten away. And we, we've been in such a rush to give our young people what we did not have, mm -hmm. that we did not give them what we did have. <clears throat> and part of that is that sense of community. I'm sure you can, as I could, think of adults that we were not kin to but yet had an impact in our lives. Um, mm -hmm. They cared about us. Um, and the fact of the matter was they did not want us to see see us go wrong. And so um, we need parents to do that. I mean, our police officers are, are not parents. They shouldn't be raising our kids. Um, our teachers should not be doing that. Um, it is easy. I've been a police officer. I've been a police officer in the school system. And sometimes it's not hard after the kid has cussed you out 
and the mama comes and he cusses you out. Um, okay. You know, it's not hard to see where it came from. Mm-hmm. Uh, fundamental disrespect. Um, I go out on crime scenes quite often, uh, as you have, and you get out there, and I see a young person has been victimized, has been shot, and I'm asking them, you know, who shot you? I ain't telling you nothing. Yep. And so I tell the mama, all right, well, the Lord's better this time, um, but next time, maybe not. You know, where is this whole, you know, you know, you, you think you're loving your kid. I mean, it is particularly, it's an interesting thing, and I never really thought it was true until recently. They say that mothers, and I mean, not to crack on mothers, because fathers have a role, and I'll talk about that in a minute, but they say they raise their daughters and they love their sons. Love yes. their sons and raise their daughters. And I mean, you know, and sometimes I see it, it's like, you know your son is involved in that life. You know that they're actively engaged in stuff that is detrimental to mm-hmm. them and their future. You're taking things from them that you know were not legally obtained, yet you're making excuses for them. And then when something happens to them, then you're crying out for the community to be able to say, you know, we have to get together. No, we should have got together when you had that opportunity with your own child. Exactly. To make that, that effect um, on that. And then, of course, again, fathers play a huge role. There are a lot of fathers doing great things, um, but clearly there are a lot of fathers that we need to step up. Just because you're not, you know, actively engaged in a relationship with the mother has nothing to do with your responsibility as a father. I, I just think that kids need both. Kids mm-hmm. need uh, both parents. Um, and I know that there are mothers who do wonderful things by themselves, but it does not take the place of the role that a father should play. Hence, why the village became so important, because for people who did not have birth fathers, they had exactly. people who were like fathers, or people mm-hmm. they could look to as manly figures in the community um, to help them to aspire to be like somebody. And we need more of those folks to be able to step up. And that's it. So, you know, and I heard you talking about that, like a lot of things we learned in church. And um, I, I'm one of them because I'm just a church kid. I was I was born in it, and I'm still in it. And so, and I love I love church, and I love everything that church represents. Um, do okay, you think also? I mean, it also gives you some boundaries. Exactly. You learn what right and wrong is. You learn to have value, and, and I think for me, whether it's a church, a mosque, or a synagogue, or a temple, mm-hmm. that there is a value system, that there's someone bigger than you and I. You learn that you are a piece of, of destiny, and that there's a future that's for you. And so exactly. when young people don't have that, then they think that life begins and ends with them. They don't see themselves in the future, and they don't see no accountability system to someone bigger than them. They think they are the God. Mm-hmm. And that's a problem. And you think you are the God, you know, you find out in a very real way that you're not. Yeah. I'm sorry, Bishop. No, that's it. That's, that, that you're, you're speaking truth. And uh, these are things that sometimes we don't want to hear, <laughs> but we need to hear. And uh, I was in a meeting uh, probably Tuesday. Uh, we were in the active shooters uh, meeting and they asked her a question. One lady brought up, she went off. She was not to me. 
she wasn't, uh, what she said was not in time, for, it wasn't for that setting, but what she said had some validity to it. And um, she was talking about programs for the city. She's in her, what she was saying uh, was that there were no programs for the children to um, participate in and to keep them off the street and keep them from crimes and things of that nature. My question to you is, uh, because I've heard you say, but I want Savannah to hear you say once again, uh, that's the city of Savannah have programs for our young people. Absolutely. I mean, we spend, I'm thinking well over $6 million a year in youth programs, recreation programs. Um, you know, we have community centers, I believe almost 20 across the city. Um, of course we do. Um, mm -hmm. they, they require some structure. And so some young people don't like them because they don't want, they, you know, you can't just come and hang out. You know, you gotta come and be doing something. Um, and you can't come with your bad behaviors either. Um, you know, we're not gonna tolerate that as well. So we have youth recreation stuff. This summer we've been doing entrepreneurial um, training for young people who wanna be entrepreneurs, open their own business, start their own business. We've been teaching them to do that. We've been doing things like pop-up parties. We've been doing um, mentorship. Uh, programs. The city of Savannah in and of itself has uh, high school and middle school programs for young people to get involved. So that is absolutely not true. It is an easy thing to say that the city does not have programs. The reality is they do. And guess what? So does your church and so exactly. does your community system. We, we pay millions of dollars a year to community service programs to be able to engage young people. Um, and so those programs are out there as well. I mean, it's the easy thing to sit back and say, oh, there's nothing for young people to do. There's plenty. There's still Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts. There's mm -hmm. plenty to do. There's still, um, you know, youth recreation uh, facilities. There's still school recreation and leisure activities. So, you know, I reject that absolutely. And that's just an easy cop out to be able to say there's nothing for kids to do. There's plenty for kids to do. We have all these museums that people come here and see, and most kids who live here have never been to. Why is so do you, I, I, I know that. So do you think, because um, I have some kids in my church that when we said going to the museum, it was like, I never been to the Ralph Mark Gilbert. And right. we were like, what? It's and right is right here. And so my thing is, probably if a church or some organ, organization doesn't present this to them, they really don't know that right. because they will not take the time to seek out what is uh, beneficial for uh, Mary or John to, to attend to get the knowledge that they want for them. I think one of the things too um, that was said in the meeting is if there were programs uh, they're not advertised. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I said, said, I'm just the messenger. <laughs> they're not advertised. And so what would you say to that? Speak and ye shall find. Knock and the door will be opened. We have a wonderful website, SavannahGA.gov. We have a very active Facebook presence. I have almost 40,000 on mine. Um, I, will, I post stuff all the time. You post stuff all the time. Um, you know, it, it, we can't sit back and say, come to me. Opportunity, you have to go out and seek it. We do tours in City Hall um, all of the time. You know, people, there have been people, I had young people here, they've never been to City Hall and neither have their parents. This building has been here since 1906. 
<laughs> you know, obviously there are reasons why 15 million visitors come to Savannah every single year. And they're coming here and having a great time. Why? Because there's stuff to do and to see. You have to have the opportunity to do it. And so it is here, it's available. And if people ask those questions, I mean, all you have to go is go to the website, what's, what's to do in Savannah? What there? What is there to do in Savannah? And a whole bunch of stuff. Some things you have to pay for, fine. Um, some things you don't. You know, you can go to First African Baptist Church uh, and they do tours there and you don't pay anything. Um, the Rock Park Gilbert Civil Rights Museum. You can go right on down on River Street. You can go um, to look at neighborhoods like Tyler Brownville or Harvard Village. We have a brand new arena. Um, that we just opened up. I mean, you know, we we have to stop making excuses about why young people do bad. And guess what? Just because, just because, and I'm gonna get in trouble now, but just because there's nothing for me to do doesn't mean I pick up a gun and shoot somebody. Well, absolutely. Just That's because I'm poor doesn't mean, you know, people say, oh, well, people are poor. No, there were people that we came from that were poor, they go killing each other. That's right. So I, I reject that. I mean, you know, the poverty is not an excuse for you doing it. might be a contributing factor, but you don't just say, oh, I'm going to go shoot somebody because I'm poor. Because I'm poor. I'm hungry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm so, hungry, so I'm going to shoot her. Yeah. And, and we feed so many people through our Second Harvest Food Bank and through food and churches in the community. I remember, you know, Bishop, you, you was out there feeding all them folk out there. I mean, again, during COVID, we were giving out computers. Remember, Scad gave. Yes, because we were recipients. The churches and the churches had computers in the churches for young people to come and do their their classwork. So I mean, you know, let's stop with that. Let's stop with the misinformation. Um, you know, we have the opportunity to be able to do um, some great things. You just have to seek it. Yeah. So uh, I, I want to ask this because uh, I know that. The election for mayor is soon to come up, and um, I'm not going to ask you whether you're going to run or you're not going to run. But what I will ask you is, you don't want to know. how do you? Hmm? You want to know? Yes, sir. I'm running. Um, I thought about not doing it again. Um, then some things changed, and you know what? Um, I'm not a quitter, um, and you know I, I care enough. I'm, too much about my city to allow it to be in the hands of people who care about themselves. And so um, I am running. Um, I feel like I'm built for this. If I could make it through a pandemic, um, I can make it through anything. And so, um, you know, I'll be announcing when it's time to announce. I mean, I'm not announcing now because we're governing, we're not campaigning. Um, and so I'm hoping to be able to, uh, to announce uh, you know, next year, and I'm hoping the citizens will see that Savannah is better now than when I came into office in January 2020, and hopefully it'll give me another four years to continue the great work that our city is doing. Okay. What do you feel is the greatest strength of your um, administration that you're going to run, that you can possibly run on? Um, two things. I think the first, the first thing is, is that our ability to be included, inclusion. I spoke about adding more seats to the table. We've done that um, through our um, our OLA Savannah Task Force, which is Hispanic Outreach and Leadership. Um, we've done it through our AAPI 
we, um, which is the Asian American Pacific Islander Task Force. We've done it through Savannah Faith, uh, and which is, um, you're a member of it, of our ministers that we regularly communicate in, uh, making sure you're engaged um, through our LGBTQ plus task force, which is called uh, Proud Savannah. Uh, and our disability task force called Savannahability. Again, ways of keeping people engaged um, with the city. We don't feel like you should have to come to us for information. We want to push information out to you. And I think we've done a good job of that. The other thing that I'm very proud of is that um, you know, we've kept the promises that we said we were going to make. I promised in the third year of my administration that the minimum wage for City of Savannah employees would be $15 an hour. In January 1st of this year, 2022, my third year, city employee salaries are now $15 an hour. You okay. get people out of poverty by not paying poverty wages. And so I'm proud that we kept that promise. We did not have a, um, a plan to be able to provide affordable housing. We now have our first um, housing Savannah task force which now we have a non-governmental entity called Housing Savannah Inc. We contributed $18, $19 million um, in this year's budget to housing and homelessness, um, and the most we've ever done. Um, and again, to make sure that Savannah stays affordable um, for that. Um, we are working on improving our police salaries and firefighters, um, hopefully $50,000 um, that someone could become a police officer from high school, literally that you wow. can uh, have a $50,000 salary um, and full benefits and in 25 years. So basically, let's say you start when you're 21, at 46 years old, you can retire with a full pension, wow, making $50,000 a year. Um, that's and that's $50,000 starting as you go up. Starting, yes. So, I mean, you know, we want to be able to create those opportunities. Being a firefighter, you can start at $48,000 a year. So uh, I think that in that case, I think that's things that we can really talk about um, being proud about. And I think the thing that I'm probably most proud of is that through COVID, through some of the hardest times in our lives, mm -hmm. we're still here. Yeah. We're still here. And that's a, that's a blessing. Thank God. That's a blessing. Oh, you, you wanted something. One other thing you should be proud there, of. There were times when we didn't know exactly exactly and we tell god thank you because he kept us and so we got to do that there's one thing you better preach <laughs> one thing we 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 got to talk about and that's our friday night date night yes that, that that's the, you got to be proud of that you got to be proud of the consistency and how many people are so attached i don't know what they would do now if you say we're not doing this anymore oh my gosh i i have tried to do it i have tried um friday night live started march the march 19 2020 and that was the first friday night that we were remember everything was closed mm -hmm. Shut down. Everybody was home. We had fifteen thousand people, I think, on there the first time um, because I was just there. And so, one hundred and twenty weeks later, yes, two years later, um, people are still on. We average two to five hundred people every Friday night now from all over the country. We have elected officials coming on. We mm -hmm. have members of the clergy coming on. We have people from all over the place that just come and watch me melt down on 
on Fridays. I mean, whatever it is that's on my mind. And we've had a, a, a sense of community that was built. I mean, people have never met each other. Yet every Friday night, and I mean, it's the truth, Bishop. I tried to say, you know what? Everybody's back out. Let's, you know, go our way. They're like, no, you can't do that. So That's I've done Friday Night Live in airports. Um, I've done it um, in cars. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> uh, three weeks ago, I was in uh, Germany. Mm -hmm. And I got up at 3 o'clock in the morning, German time, to make the 9 o'clock in the morning um, Savannah time to do it. And people were on. And so, you know, uh, it has been a place for us, and I appreciate you coming on. I that there is some truth to what people say that where the spirit of God is, the devil can't be. I mean, so sometimes I get these trollers on here. Mm -hmm. I'll, say, I'll say the bishop is in the house. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, look, those people they don't play that; they'll get those trollers. And so, yeah, um, yeah. it's been a way for us to uplift each other, care about each other. It's a way for me to get information out about things mm -hmm. that are happening. Uh, and then sometimes I feel really led to give an encouraging word. And so um, I do that too. Yes, you do. It's been, it's been great. So I appreciate you coming on. I know you have a bunch of stuff you could be doing on Friday nights, like shopping and getting ready for your word. Um, but you come on and you join us on Fridays. I'm appreciative of that. I, I love it. I love it. I love to hear what you say. And I love to read what the people, the comments that people are making. And some of them want to seem like they want to go there, but they, they don't know really how to go there because there's so many people on there that's ready to attack and say, no, 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 no. Don't come for me. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that's your line. Don't come for me. And I love it. So I, I'm, I'm glad that we have you as a mayor. You are very approachable. You're very touchable. You, you, you're the kind of person that don't meet strangers. You talk to us. You can see us at a mall. You can see us at a function. And, you know, you don't try to be above the people you try to be with us. And we, 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 I, I look at all of that as being, you know, very, very special. It's very humbling to say, you know, we got this type of mayor, even though he uh, got on that suit, don't let the suit fool you. He'll, he'll laugh and joke with you just like like the rest of us. So I love it. And I love you. I think that- uh, You all, you all be, I've known you forever. Uh, mm -hmm. Reverend Apostle Bishop, and you're always Jackie. You're always, always. And so- I don't know nobody else. Everybody else is taken. Well, you know, yeah, that's true, that's true. But you know, sometimes people, you know, they get a little dignified on you. Yeah. And people, don't, they know, don't come for you. You know, now you want to talk about don't come for somebody. Don't come for you. Please don't. <laughs> don't, don't. I mean, they, they just don't want that in their lives. Uh, but I, I but but I, I try to be kind to all people. I try uh, to be, you know, and I try to be respectful of all people, you know. And that's what you are to us. It, that's what I see. You're kind. You're respectful. There are times you could have exploded. You did not explode. There are times that, you know, God, I, I know you're a godly man because uh, I can remember the times the Lord told me to be quiet. <laughs> so I can I can only imagine how many times he told you that. So, you know, I... I mean, there are times where, you know, people will make accusations against me that are not true. Mm -hmm. um, they will say things that are not true. They'll disrespect me. Um, 
and you, you do, you learn, you know, you have to hold your peace. And so you think about Jesus and what he went through, uh, and he never said a mumbling word. Yes, okay. So, you know, for me, you know, you have to let your character speak for yourself. Mm-hmm. So I've tried to, to do that, although admittedly, Bishop, it is hard. I mean, you know, sometimes I think a good custom will get these people straight. <laughs> I really do. But on the other end of it, um, I have to carry myself with the dignity that is afforded to Every, yes. So, you know, sometimes you take hits and blows that you don't want to take. Oh, but absolutely. On the other end of it, you know, most times when that happens, somebody will come up and that happens on Friday Night Live that people will try to attack me and before I can even say anything. Um, you know, it's crazy. Um, people will then come out and we'll be able to then say something different. So. Yeah, well, you know what? That's that's such is life. And in, in positions that like you are and I am, there are times that people will take, I call them cheap shots. But you know what? It's not who we are, it's whose we are. And because we belong to the Most High, then the weapons that form, we can't say they won't form, but they will not prosper. So I tell you to, to, to uh, be continue to be the man of God that you are. Continue to live your live your life the way you know is pleasing to both you. You got a mom and dad that you have to respect, and uh, you will because you grew up with respect. You will respect them. So there are certain things that your heart want to do, but because of you can't do. <laughs> so, one day, one of these days, it's going to you know. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. So we're going to end right here. Is that so I always in my t- uh, podcast by asking what the subject is. What's the takeaway? What, what, what do you want us to take away? Well, I, de- I definitely want to thank you, Bishop, again for the opportunity, um, you know, to, to be able to talk. It's you know, always good to talk to friends, uh-huh. uh, as talking to reporters. The takeaway is, is that, you know, we live in a great city. Mm-hmm. It's only as great as we make it. And so I'm not going, you're not going to see me out here down in my city. You know, exactly. I, you know, I'm, not, I'm just not going to do it because your, your mouth, your tongue is powerful. Mm-hmm. And so if you say your city is crime-ridden, it will be crime-ridden. If you say our children are bad, they will be bad. There's power of life and death in the tongue. So I choose to speak okay. peace into our city. I choose to speak prosperity to our city. I choose to speak blessings over our city and everybody who lives here. And so um, if we all did the same, then our city will be what we speak it to be. And we're not powerless uh, in that situation. We can do that. But when we choose to join the narrative of people who don't care about our city, we become part of that problem. And the takeaway is uh, we're not doing it. We don't have time for that. Great, that's awesome. Well, we thank you. You may be back. You, you know, no, no, sister. Say you, that. Be back. You, back. you will be back. You will be back. And we're so glad for this special edition. This is a special edition today. And we are so glad that uh, you, the mayor of the city of Savannah, took time out your busy schedule to be with us. Uh, when uh, the, bishop, the bishop called. And, uh, <laughs> and the truth, truth of the matter was, I was, I had, I'm in the middle of two meetings and um, Bishop called and I said, oh, I have to take this meeting a little later. The Bishop is called. Yes. Uh, I, I remember, and I'll say this, um, 
I remembered uh, our, our beloved spiritual mother, um, Overseer Idel Chiva. Mm-hmm. What I was doing, uh, I told him I felt like the ass that day that Jesus came and said that I have need of him. If, if Overseer Chiva called and said she needed me, I said, I'm sorry, Overseer have need of me. And, uh, <laughs> yes. I mean, hey, I left. What I mean, what we were doing. What she was doing, if she had need of me, yes. I, I saw about her, and so since she's no longer around, I guess a bishop that's going to have to come to you. That when you call me, you know, no matter no matter where I am, no matter how far, just call my name. I'll be there in a hurry. You know, All right. You can depend on it. Never worry. No wind, no rain, no winter storm can stop me, bishop. Ain't no mountain high enough. Ain't no valley low enough. Ain't no river high or wide enough to keep me from. Gosh, you're making me feel special. You're making me feel so special. I'll be like Olita Adams. Olita Adams sing that song, say, I don't care how you get here, just get here when you can. <laughs> okay, so well, this is a good way to end a wonderful podcast. And all of our podcasters, make sure that you continue, go back and listen to this, especially if you're in the Savannah area, go back and listen. Don't listen one time, but I want you to continue to hear what he's saying so that we'll know that we do have a good man. Welcome to the Jazuri brand of body oils. Jazuri 24 karat five in one. The ingredients of this wonderful oil helps to exfoliate, soften, and moisturize. It is quick absorbing and has anti-aging elements that give your skin a youthful appearance. Jazuri Bliss has a glossy satiny feel. It hydrates the body and helps you feel refreshed. Jazuri Ignite. This is a body oil for men. The secret to this oil is the honey that helps protect, repair, and prevent skin damage. Jazuri Pink Ice. The smell of sweet jasmine is the dominant floral fragrance that you will smell. It's rich in emollients with a touch of vitamin E, which helps to rejuvenate your skin and lighten scars. Jazuri Sugar and Spice. Experience the dazzling sugar crystals combined with our rich oils that will exfoliate and help clear up dry skin, making your skin to be alive again. Learn more at www.jazuribrand.com. Email info at jazuribrand.com.